You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. A body organ. Rearranger. You feel my Live from Podcast Detroit and Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. It's time to take a leap of faith with Jackie, Rocky, Nora, and Gina for some entertainment and inspiration. Join them every Wednesday at noon. You can always find us at PodcastDetroit.com. I gotta ask, what were you born to do? What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Beautiful. Happy hump day, every. Happy hump day. Double hump for Nora. Huh? Yeah, double hump for Nora. She said. Yeah. How is it, new bra? Oh my god. Oh, they're just fabulous. They're yes, yes, they're wonderful. (laughs) Oh gosh. Upright, you know. It's like it's not (laughs) down to my stomach. Gina, you're laughing a little bit too much. <laughs> oh my goodness. The boys from last week still have not recovered, Nora. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. So look, guys, I was watching um watching the news like I do. You know, Jackie says I watch the news too much, but I I have to know what's going on. I can't help it. You so anyway, you watch it way too much. Anyway, anywho, um, anywho, anywho, they were talking about Zoom and they were talking about how you should put up like fake backgrounds because, oh, yeah, because people can zoom in on your um, your background and like get your address or see what oh really yeah yeah, stuff like that so i was like oh i didn't even think about that like they were saying some people will have like packages behind them and they can zoom in and get their address and then some people were um uh uh had like flowers and they might have had a delivery and they never um audio's a little off here oh you can't hear me sorry there we go you got it now i can Okay, good. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, all you can so, see in my backdrop is wine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Empty That's bottles. What I was and... Yeah. Nobody said I they were empty. I can hear it a little okay. bit. The um, we got a little right. back back stuff going. Oh, on. that's interesting. Well, yeah, what I so, thought was interesting was our, our conference call last night, Nora, with you. 
your husband <laughs> in the room. Up. Shut up, Jackie. Gina, did you hear that? Gina, I don't think you were on. No. Yeah, I was I trying know. to get you. Oh, so what happened was um, Nora <laughs> and Terry, I'm not quite sure what was going on over there, but I had her on speaker <laughs> because I was going to dial you in. And Olivia was in the room having dinner. And all of a sudden, Nora <laughs> thought we were disconnected. <laughs> Because she thought she was muted. And she said, um, oh, honey, I'll be right there. This won't take long. This We were just getting to the good part. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Is I was talking was about we were, we're yeah. watching a show on Netflix. That's what I was talking about. And, I think, the, and it was I getting you were to the good part. I think you were chilling yesterday. You it were was getting to the, and chilling. It was getting to the good part, Jackie. Shut up. <laughs> and it was it was really really good it was really good it's called um rectify and it was really good so we're on the last season and we're getting to the good part <laughs> all right sure Nora. we'll go with that okay Th- huh? yes thanks thank you so much yes 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 Gina, okay. you gotta turn your volume up i can't hear you it's okay. up jack i'm up it's up as much as it can go that- can you hear it now? Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Nora. What were you going to say? Okay. Yeah, so now. Uh, now that I'm trying to finish my Zoom, <laughs> they were saying that, you know, you can get Zoom fatigue also, which I never knew that because I've never really been on Zoom. This is a new normal for everybody, right? So they're saying it, oh, yeah. it could um, increase your cognitive load. Your feelings and attitudes are conveyed because people can see you, you know, instead of just talking to you on the phone and they don't really see your gestures or your posture and and your facial expressions and all of that. So they were saying you could get fatigued from that. And I was like, oh, "Oh, well, good thing we're only on once a week. (laughs) You're not fatigued yet. No, no, I'm not. But, you know, I I don't know. I think it's interesting because I know, you know, with all the kids and teachers who have gone back to school and so many yeah. of them on camera, I yeah. think that that's something that you, that you get, right. That right. you have to learn to, you know, you have to learn to, to build up stamina and you overcome. I know when I first started teaching online, like I would, you know, smile and then I'd be like, Oh, in between classes. All right. Give my little face a break, you know, and then go back. Yeah. And I think that's how it is when you're, when you, anytime you do any kind of show or performance, right live or something you're like oh gotta give my muscles yeah. so right <laughs> i agree i think i think that that does and a shout out to all our our people in michigan who've gone back to school yes yeah yes. i pray pray the pray the blood over everybody that they're safe i just yeah yeah, yeah. uh so hey next week guys we're gonna be in person yes. though Yes. I'm so excited. I miss you guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I, next I'm, week. We're going to be safe. We're going to be a safe distance apart, but we'll be in yes. the same room. Woo-hoo. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nora, you make sure you have that bra on so it keeps oh. us. Hey, they're going to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're celebrating our 200th episode next week, guys. Yay. Can you believe that? 200 I interviews. I, I can't believe so it. I, and I, I think I, I think, think podcast I is. Did I come on at the one hundred and fiftieth, or what? Did I? Come? <laughs> I don't know. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Or were yeah, you at the one hundredth? I don't remember. We'll have maybe to the one hundred. We're going to reminisce yeah, a little bit. And yeah. I've been. So, right. um, You've been on when, Gina? Year, one year. About, one year. Has it been a wow. year? I know. Wow. It goes, it feels it goes long, fast. Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think so. We decided we're dressing up because we think Podcast Detroit might have like awards or a ceremony or some surprise for us next week. Yeah. Right. Just for yeah, with a cake and balloons. Yeah. And, Is that yeah. we're dressing up? If, yeah. Yeah. All on the floor. Right. He didn't know this. Huh? <laughs> he's still listening. He's just fallen on the floor because he didn't know this. Now, well, hopefully he's him, making notes. Well, Dave, cancel the stripper because you know they make me uncomfortable. So don't have a stripper. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't want a stripper. No, definitely not. But all right. Anyway, we have just an amazing, amazing guest on today. Amazing. So why don't we get ready? Amazing. Can we get ready? Yes. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. We are very lucky to have Detroit's music royalty today. Miss Thornetta Davis is with us. Hello. Hello, ladies. Hello, hello. She is going to lift our spirits. She is the queen of blues, and she has captivated audience audiences all over the globe. You've been featured uh, alongside some many, some many well-known artists, such as Gladys Knight and Bonnie Raitt. You've also been sought after to perform backup for many artists, such as Bob Seeker and Kid Rock. You also can hear your music, I hear, on some HBO shows, such as The Sopranos and Xena, Warrior Princess. Your records, Sunday Morning Music and Honest Woman, have taken you all over the world to perform, not recently because of travel bans, but we are so happy to have you here today with us on the Nooner Show, and we are ready to get up and dance our blues away with your presence. Woohoo! Yeah, we're gonna set everybody <laughs> free today. Yes, yes. welcome. Glad to so, be here. Well, I am so so happy to get to interview you again. You know, my first time. This is my second time. My first time. We were at hyped up live sessions. Yeah, and you performed music from your CD, Honest Woman, and oh yeah. my God, it was yeah. so good. I. Jackie was like, you know, it was the first time we had a standing ovation that hyped up and I I couldn't stay in my seat. So I don't even know. I kind of like was in a a different experience. I wasn't even paying attention to the other people. I just jumped up. (laughs) I was clapping. That was a fun show, too. That was was so much fun. You I I just I I love um, your persona. I love your band. I love the twins. (laughs) I love your husband. Yeah, Me. it's just the it's you can feel the love through your music and mm-hmm. and you can feel the blues through your music. So yeah. um just let everyone know how you got started singing the blues and there why you, you go. got singing the blues. <laughs> there you go. How I got started singing the blues. Well, you know, I grew up 
uh, listening to a lot of uh, R&B and uh, Motown and, and uh, just we had the radio playing all the time and then listening to my mom's record collection. So we were always um, listening to me and my sisters and my, my mom. We listened to different genres of music anyway. And so when I started singing, I thought I was going to be like the next uh, Phyllis Hyman or Whitney Houston, the people that were out at the time. I wanted to be like them, you know, so uh-huh. Anita Baker, all those hot top 40 R&B singers at the time. And I was with a group called Chanteuse, and it was me and the twins. Uh, we come out of high school together. We decided to perform together as a group. Um, and then a transition from singing R&B to blues out of necessity. I used to go to jam sessions uh, and check out these guys who were performing on the east side at um, a bar called The Red Carpet. And they mm-hmm. didn't do Top 40. They did soul music and uh, blues. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of white boys. I had never hung out with white people before in my life. But I dug <laughs> this band. They were, they were awesome. And uh, so I went down there and I started listening to the music. And I recognized some of the stuff that they were doing from my childhood. So I would just mm-hmm. sing background, just sitting there in the audience. And one of the band members who told me about the jam told the band that I was a singer. And they and got you. to sing with them. Yeah. Uh-huh. They said, uh, get her up to sing. So I sang background for like two, three weeks. And then the audience started saying, hey, let the girl sing. <laughs> I knew one blue song. Uh-huh. I knew one blue song by heart. And that was Stormy Monday. And oh, said, wow. You know blues? I said, I know Stormy Monday. So I did Stormy Monday. <laughs> And then from that point on, the, the leader of the band asked me, would I join? And so then I did you did you did you feel when you when you got up there? Because you, like you said, you weren't doing blues. Did right. you once you did the song and it was, you know, everybody loved it and all of that. Did you did you feel it? You know, did you feel like this was Get something? That you, well, actually, I, I, I tried to choose songs that. I relate to. So when mm-hmm. that, someone asked me to do that song, I mean, we all been through it. I call it Stormy Monday, but Tuesday just as bad. You can relate yeah. to whatever experience you're going through. And I think I might have even been in a, a relationship that was always, I was always in a relationship that just wasn't quite right. Uh-huh. So, so you I had relate. the blues and you just didn't I had know the blues it. anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm singing this song and then the audience loved it. And, and then like maybe a week later, uh, the owner, I mean, the, the leader of the band asked me to, would I like to join? And I was kind of, you know, worried about my girls because they didn't ask them to join. And I was like, needing the gig. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, if I join the band, maybe later on I could pull them in. You know, it didn't happen, but life worked, worked its way yeah. out. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So I was with a, was a band called the Chisel Brothers, and I ended up being with them for almost 10 years. And basically, I just showed up, sung. They wrote songs. I recorded an album with them. And um, just picking out songs that related to me and my life. And I started winning awards. And people started hearing about this new blues singer. And and here I am, 30 years later, the Detroit's queen of the blues. Wow. Yes, so, you are the queen, yeah. I tell you. Yeah, you know, and they gave me a real coronation and everything. So did they? Oh wow! Yeah, I had a, I was yeah, a yeah that, that title, 
Yeah. That that title it came. was yeah. it, you were, it was a ceremony that you were yeah. given that title to. So tell us about that because that yeah. really is your title. Mm-hmm. Well, the original Detroit's Queen of Blues was Alberta Adams, who was one of my mentors. Um, I used okay. to sing with her, and we would tour together around, you know, the country and everything. But when she passed away, the Detroit Blues Society said, okay, we know who we want next. And uh, they came to me not long after, and I told her it was too soon. I told us too mm. soon. So they waited for about another year. And then they said, look, we want to really do this. We want to make you Detroit's Queen of the Blues. And so, why why did you say why did you think it was too soon? Because she hadn't because been Because Al, Albert had just passed away. Okay. You know, and her manager yeah. was sitting there and everybody was telling me I'm the Queen of the Blues. We were actually at her funeral. And I'm like, no, 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 don't even talk to me about that oh, right now. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. that's when they approached me a year. I wasn't even thinking about it. And a year later I got a call from the Blue Society again. And mm-hmm. they said, we want to do this, and we want to throw an uh, event. And my girlfriend, who at the time was with the Blues Society, she gave an event called Blues Girls of Summer. And she goes, that's mm-hmm. what we're going to make it at your coronation. And they invited a bunch of the Detroit Blues female singers to be a part of it. And I ended up with oh, a wow. crowd. Oh, wow. I wish I would have seen that. Wow. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was a beautiful event. And, and my family sure. was there. And the city, the city, mm-hmm. state, and county gave me proclamations. And Alberta's oh, wow. grandson, Alberta's grandson and uh, her children actually were the ones that put the crown on my head. Oh, oh yeah. wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I think what I okay. moment. I think I read somewhere. It's been five years this year. Five five. Years. Oh, okay. oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank what you. an honor. I think I read somewhere that you were in a talent show when you were 15. Yeah. I was so nervous, but I, I used to love to sing. I used to love singing as a child. We, we didn't grow up going to church or anything, but... I just sang around the house. I would make people sick, waking up the neighbors, just singing. And one day my sister, who was uh, working in a summer program for teenagers, and she said, we're giving a talent show, and they got a band. I think you'd be great. And I was like, wow, I never sung with an actual band. I've always been in, like, high school choirs, but -hmm. never sung with an actual band. I said, okay. So all you got to do is audition. And I went down and auditioned for the the show's production producer and he goes okay you're in the talent show but i'd also like for you to sing as a part of the production before the talent show <laughs> and i was like okay you know and, and so, my mom was surprised because she never really heard me in that aspect other than singing around the house you know and that so, was yeah, my next question so no, where what? where did where did your voice come from though that's what i'm saying where did it 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 yeah. So was it, it, it was, was anyone in your family singing or it was just you? You just had this voice. I think my dad, my, my father had a great voice. Uh, mm-hmm. He died when I was uh, coming out of high school. But he, he, I think he sang around the house a lot. And, and um, then my mom and, and him got a divorce as a, when I was like, I don't know, 10 maybe. I was a child. So I remember him singing around the house. And my mom had a nice voice, too, because she sang in the church choir when she was a young girl. Okay. I, I was assuming both of them coming together made this voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. 
Okay, well, Gina, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's what, all I was going to say as a follow-up is you've come a long way from a high school talent show to the <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it took a lot to overcome. I had to overcome a lot of, of self-doubt, a lot of fears. Yeah. Um, it wasn't something that... What, what, when did you... When, when did when did you realize that you really had an incredible gift? I, you know, I always, I think I always knew that I had a good voice because I used to like listening to myself, even as a child, just singing myself to sleep. But I, mm. I was scared to do it in front of people for a long time. And wow. even getting into high school, I didn't ask the teacher could I sing? I found out you could take a class and just make it, just check the class off and you just be in the class. And then there was another class in high school. It was like a special class for people who could really sing. And I always wanted to be in that class, but you had to audition. And I didn't want to audition. I just, so for like three years of my high school, uh, I just didn't do it. I was just too nervous. And one day my music teacher went walking around the girl's glee. And she goes, you, I want to see you after <laughs> class. Like I did something wrong. And then he goes, I want you to join my vocal ensemble. And that was like the biggest, best news I could have ever had in my life at that time. I'm going wow. to be a part of prestigious Southeastern High School vocal ensemble. <laughs> wow. It was major to me. <laughs> Here I am in this cool ass choir. Basically, that's what it was. And yeah, that's when it all took off. Um, they had a talent show that year, and I was asked by the piano player to do the. You're doing this talent show. This is what he said. You're doing this talent show tonight, and he played piano for me, and I sang a song by Angela Bofield. This time I'll be sweeter. Oh, um, I love that song. I love that song. I was yeah. heavily into uh, Angela Bofield and yes. Phyllis Hyman when I graduated yes. high school. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. And you, you you definitely have to have some pipes to sing both either one of those. Yeah, <laughs> and you and yeah. you have them. So we yeah. we know she has them. Yes, um, you have, so, Annette, has. so how did you go from um, having so much self doubt because it just mm. watching you on stage, you watching a live performance, or just yeah. listening to your music. Uh, it's it's hard to imagine somebody like you with that talent and with the way you perform on stage, having any type of self doubt at all. It's just right. really hard. So how did you go from that point to where you're at today? I, I think we all go through a, a period of time when we don't really believe in ourselves. If you, if you haven't, then I say good for you, you know, because when you grow up as a, in the inner city, and especially using the skill that God gave you, it seems to be something that we're always taught to get a job or go to school and 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 do something else. Totally has nothing to do with a, a natural talent because your natural mm-hmm. talent is just something that's supposed to be a hobby. Right. And you right. can't really get a job singing. And, and things like that was something that I was I was raised up uh, believing. And, and when I finally got my first gig, Paid me a hundred dollars. I was in shock at that price. I was like, I made a hundred dollars. I made a hundred dollars singing. And what was your first gig? What was that? What was the first? What was that? The hundred dollars. First thing. It was a studio session um, with the girls, and even the person that paid us told us 
that you should not make less than this when you sing. Because prior to that, we would do shows basically for free yeah. you know, or for the door. And, and we'd all end up with maybe $10 a piece, you know, something like that. But <laughs> yeah. we sang. We, yeah. we were doing it for yeah. the experience, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll get something to eat afterwards. But nothing paid us $100. And mm-hmm. so when we first got that money to to... We could actually go shopping and I could pay for things for my daughter. You know, I had a little girl like, okay, maybe, maybe I can do this, but it wasn't regular enough to believe in it. And my first steady gig was with the Chisel Brothers. Every week I was actually getting paid to sing and I was performing and I started traveling out of Detroit, even to go up north uh, to Traverse City was a big deal to me. I'd never been out of Detroit. Mm-hmm. And that all started in 1980, 87, 88. Um, and, you know, performing all over the, the country and uh, actually the, the um, what they call the Midwest with the Chisel Brothers helped me to travel and learn how to travel and meet people and talk. Because I still was one of them people that was still a little shy. The other mm-hmm. lead singer in the band, he would do all the talking. And I would just sing. I did that for 10 years, just show up and sing, do my part. I didn't book it. Happy to do that. <laughs> I was happy to do that, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it got to a point where I felt like something was going to explode if I didn't um, expand my horizons. And mm-hmm. I got asked to be signed to a label out of Seattle called Sub Pop. And I and that was an You're alternative. You're kidding me. That was an alternative. Wait, rock. wait, 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 wait. You you uh-huh. were signed? Are you you were signed to Sub Pop? I was signed to Sub Pop. My my album was called Sunday Morning Music. And I was signed in a, a band from the Mich- Michigan Ann Arbor area called Big Chief asked me to sing on their album. Mm-hmm. And they were signed to Sub Pop. Then they got signed to Warner Brothers. But Jackie, you were supposed to know that. <laughs> at that time, well, Nirvana. Wait, wait. Yeah. That's what at that time Nirvana and all of them were were the big major deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Soundgarden of the genre of sub pop. Yeah, yeah. So when I went on the road with the the big guys, I was wearing my flannel shirts, my jeans. I was (laughs) head banging. I toured. They took me over to Europe with them. That's when I really started branching out. Wow. And the song that they used on the Sopranos was from that album, Sunday Morning Music. Wow. That, yeah, that basically so, got me out. Mm-hmm. You know? um, when I got out, because when, when I was singing with the Chiller Brothers, I, I like I said, I did what they asked me to do. And but when I got signed to Sub Pop, the label didn't want the Chisel Brothers. They wanted me and they wanted the big chief guys to produce my album. And I, once again, I, I, I still was in that situation where I did what they asked me to do, but mm-hmm. that's when I started writing. I okay, hadn't, I hadn't that was my next question. Time. Yeah, yeah. The when the label song? signed me, I told them I'm not a writer. Y'all gonna have to get me a songwriter. And so I was signed to them for about six months, and I didn't have any songs. The, the band had music, but I didn't have any lyrics. I was I wasn't even concentrating on writing. I was in a, a, a relationship that was really messing up my head and I felt mm-hmm. stuck mm-hmm. and I was just concentrating on that bad relationship and not doing what I needed to do. 
And the label said, look, if you don't start right, we're just going to drop you. Oh. And I said, okay. And then I went to the studio with one of the producers. They said, well, just write about what was happening with you right now. And so that first song for that album was called Sunday Morning. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be at home looking out my window one day. And at that time, they were closing all the Catholic churches in my neighborhood. And um, I would actually look out my window and see crackheads going around the corner, buying crack and, and mothers walking down the street trying to get that next fix. And I started writing the lyrics. I remember church on Sunday morning, people shouting, clapping and saying amen, choirs singing songs like Precious Lord and uh, families come together once again. Now on Sunday morning, church is closed and I don't see the people coming around. Wow. Um, it is the lot the I don't see the people coming around. Sadie's, which was a name for mothers. Mm-hmm. Sadie's on the corner strolling around. Mm-hmm. And that's those wow. lyrics came to me for that song. So that's why the album is called Sunday Morning Music. And then after I did that, I wrote a couple of more tunes. And then I said, okay, I can write. You I'm can do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kick them out every day, you know. Uh-huh. But when I do put kick them out, they it. end up being pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I think you just take you, it's in you, from what I could see, is just, you know, you take the time. It, it t- It's a time thing for you. You just, you have to look at your surroundings, like you said, and, and what you're going through at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you you go really deep, so because I can tell yeah. you know yeah really. I deep write from my experiences. I do. I can't write from anybody else, and I got to write from my own experiences. That's why I always yeah. say I'm telling my business. If you want to know <laughs> what I'm going through, just listen to my songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, is it, it? And it's kind of true, really. Actually, with a, a lot of musicians and artists, mm-hmm. we've interviewed quite a few people that talk about the process of writing, and mm-hmm. they write based on what they're going through. So let me ask you this. What have you been going through during uh, this whole crazy yeah. time that we're all COVID. in? Yeah. COVID, COVID, the civil unrest, everything that's happening right now. Are we going to hear a lot of songs next year from artists that are, you know, maybe a little depressing or sad? Do you think we're going to get a whole slew of those? Um, like, what have you been doing? I always try to write from a more positive aspect of my life now. Because when I wrote some of those songs in Sunday Morning Music, it was really dark. It was a dark time for me. And I didn't see a way out. But if you listen to some of those songs, it comes up, it ends up being a hopeful situation. So it seems like I always write from a hopeful aspect. And I do hear a lot of artists writing songs now talking about what's going on, the civil unrest and and how we got to stand up and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I haven't written one of those songs yet, but I do write from a positive aspect of, of, of uh, like, I believe everything's going to be all right. I I think God gave me that song so that who who knew that it was going to be played so much this, this year. My album's yeah. been out for four years now, and it's not been played as much as it's been played this year. Um, while I've been off work, mm-hmm. I've, I've been receiving money from radio plays, from 
for that very song. Wow, what a and blessing. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't think, I thought, you know, your album's out four years, it's considered old. But, but I think, but I think, are we talking about Get Up and Dance Your Blues Away? And that one too, <laughs> but they've been playing I Believe, Everything's Gonna Be All Right. I love I Believe. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Set Me Free. Yeah. On heavy rotation on, on radio stations all over the world, especially Sirius XM. Yeah. yeah. I think all those songs have become have kind of become like a you know, a mantra or an anthem or something that people Yeah. Yeah. You know. People will post on Facebook, look what I woke up to this morning, and I'm like I didn't even know they're playing it like that until people started <laughs> taking pictures of it and showing. Wow. It. Yeah, and then what? I could check the bill. Thank you, God. It's like it's very hopeful. It, it leaves you with a lot of hope because yeah. people are. Everybody goes through something. It doesn't have to be right. just COVID. We all mm-hmm. going through right. some kind of hell in our life. Yeah. Always right, but trouble don't last always. No yeah. right. Yep, Gina. In my situation, I had an alcoholic father who was mm-hmm. abusive. And when you're a child, you don't see your way out. But even as a child, I remember thinking, I'm not going to marry somebody like that. I'm not going to get to that situation. I had that thought in my head. But then I grew up in that situation. You do the same thing, yes. You know? Yes. So yes. when I came out of it, I started writing. And that's let's talk about the song "Set Me Free." Mm-hmm. That song right there was the last song I wrote oh, for the album "Honest Woman." It was a prayer because so many years I was caught in the "I can't wait to do my next album." I mean, most of the songs on "Honest Woman" were written twenty years before it was released. I was performing them on stage because I just felt like I had to get it out. Mm-hmm. Twenty years, people were like, "When are you gonna do your next record?" And I kept saying, soon come. And I thought I could get a major label to sign me or a major producer to produce it. And then I was going to do all this stuff by the time I turned 50. Well, when I turned 50, none of that had happened. And I was still just singing in the clubs and no label. My band members were like, when are you going to record now? Looking at me, recording with other, they were recording with other people now. And I said, I'm not holding none of y'all back. If you feel like you got to go do it, I'm waiting for the the, the, it's like like the story in the Bible when you wait for God to come, and He tells you, "I I gave you all the tools." Mm-hmm. But by, by fifty, I realized I had all the tools, so now mm-hmm. I just have to step out on faith. And so I went to the studio. I didn't have a lot of money, but I paid for one song at a time. Everybody that I wanted to play on the album, I asked, and some of them said no, but most of them said yes. Um, and, and, and like Kim Wilson, he was my first major uh, national artist. And I met him years prior, but he gave me his number. And so I called him. I, I asked him, you know, will you play on my record? And he didn't get back to me until the date that I had scheduled because I knew he was coming to town. And so I, I said, I got a, a studio time scheduled for you. I'll pay you. And I come pick you up. He was out in Ann Arbor performing at the Michigan Theater. And so he called me the night before the session. Thank God I booked that session. I said, now, what is this you want me to do? And I said, well, I just want you to come in and play harmonica. And uh, so he, I said, I'll come pick you up and drop you off. Well, as the epiphany came to me that morning, I said, well, maybe I can get him to sing. So I printed the lyrics up, color-coded them. And when I went and picked them up, wow. I said... 
I'm going to pop the tape in so you can hear the music. But what do you think about singing a verse? He heard the song. It was a pretty good song. I think I could try it. And I gave him the lyrics. And he was like, that was the first song in the album. My, my, my sister's wow. poem is the first verse, actually. Mm-hmm. But after her poem, it's that first song. I got to sing the blues. Wow. So what and is that, Dornetta? Wow. I got to sing the blues. When you when you say um, you have not because you ask not, right? Right, that's right. <laughs> I, I, you got to ask for what you want. All they can yeah. say is yes. Yeah. Yep, that's so true. You know, in, in the song "Set Me Free," one of the lyrics that I, I absolutely love it says, "I want to be a part. I want to be a bigger part of your plan. I want to be a part of a, your greater plan." Because what, the music, what is I, the greater plan? Well, you know, I believe that music is a healer and it brings people together, no matter what race or age or whatever. It brings people together. It's magic. And so when we're going through all these hard times and we're going through all this hatefulness, I get people who I don't know. I didn't know what what, what kind of walk of life you're coming from. When I see them, it's like, never thought you'd like what I do. But then (laughs) some people say, I don't I really never like the blues. Well, I like your blues, you know, <laughs> so it helps people. Or somebody was going, I was feeling really down until I heard your song. Or I needed this today. And I say, then I'm doing my job. I don't know what God got planned for me. And that's how I live my life now. Okay. I don't know what you got planned for me, Lord, but I'm open to it. Because when I'm in charge, it don't work. When he's in charge, <laughs> yeah. everything happens for the yeah. good. And so yes. that's why Amen. I asked God, come to me, set me free. I, I asked him to set me free from fear because a lot of the, the things that kept me from recording the album was fear. I was caught up in fear, thinking I couldn't do it, um, watching everybody else do it. But I thought I needed somebody to take charge again and do it for me. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, you know. And so when I decided to go into the studio, I called up one of my favorite engineers. I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to call these particular musicians. We're going to lay some bed tracks, at least get these three songs down. And it just took one song at a time. I like to perform, but I don't like recording in the studio. I just want to sing. But I know recording studio and and recording a record is necessity. And if I'm going to do it, I want it to be the best thing that that I ever put out. And I've had to go back listen to some tracks for over a year thinking this is not it everybody telling me it's okay I'm like no I don't want okay I want to be what I'm hearing in my head so I had to go get some more musicians to re-record this particular song and got it to be the way I want it to be because I wanted to be able to live with it for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and every time I hear this song I'm so thankful that I did what I did and that's how I, I learned from it. The next album is going to be the same way, whether I get a major producer or a record label or not. I know I can do it now, you know, just from doing Honest Woman. That's what set me free. Are you, uh, are you working on an album? I'm writing songs. <laughs> I haven't started recording the actual songs yet. But I, I am writing songs. And, uh, I wrote two since this uh, stuff started going down. I've written a couple of songs. 
And I sing them to my Ooh. husband. And I've actually sung them to some of the band members. Like, oh, I like that one. You know, so it's about getting together and putting the music with them now. It's I, a different thing now, though, because we can't get together like yeah, we used to. Yeah, right, right. Um, when I was writing before, I would sing a song to the band, and they put some music behind it, and we just perform it the next show. And then throughout the years, you get to sing it wow. and perform it the way you want it done. And you get to, to I get it in my spirit, the way I want to sing it on my record. Can't do that now, you know, because we don't have the yeah. show. So yeah. it'd be a lot of getting together six feet apart, mm-hmm. rehearsals yeah. until the next time. Yeah. How do you see? What's been the highlight so far for you with uh, traveling around the world, audiences? I know you're big in Italy. Um, yeah. So what's been. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, what's been like year, the, the highlight? The highlight, the, the bringing my sisters in, my girls, because for years I've been telling them one of these days, y'all got to get y'all passport because I'm going to be able to afford having y'all travel with me. Well, last year was wow. that year. And we, t- we went to mm-hmm. Italy. We did some more uh, Midwest gigs. We're going to New York this year. I was headlining a festival. They said I was the first female headliner in 20 years. And the last one was Coco Taylor. And, but they're going to bring you back next year. Wow. So they're going to dispose um, I had some more Italy this year to do. We're going to um, Paris. No, it's not Paris. We're going to France. Um, we're going to, to uh, Brazil, wow. Spain, Spain. I had some stuff coming, girl. And mm-hmm. I still look forward to doing it. They're just going to put it off. Yeah. Postpone it yeah. until the, the virus is done. But just being able to travel around the world with my girls. And we were all like teenagers again. Like, girl, can you believe this? How fun. How fun. (laughs) You know, because me traveling with the band, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. When you got your girls with you, it's just a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. And then I just thank God, my, my husband who's a retired city worker. He's in the band, too. He plays percussion. Just be able to travel with him, you know. It seems like God just worked everything out. And uh, I get to share my music and just dance and sing and do the things I always dreamed of doing. A lot of that was happening last year. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Denmark. He's over here. Yeah, we went to Denmark. (laughs) That was fun, too. Well, we're so glad. What's been the hidden blessing? Go ahead, mm-hmm. Jackie. I was just going to say, what's been the hidden blessing that uh, you've discovered through this whole um, having to shut down, not shut travel? Down. The hidden just, blessing. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, um, I thank God that, that he put me with somebody that I can live with 24-7. And we, <laughs> we, we love each other. Because <laughs> I've heard a lot of folks breaking up around this time. Too. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, <laughs> and I'm just thankful that he put me with somebody who who gets me, and I get him, and and uh, you get me, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that's been the be- the biggest blessing that I'm not by myself alone. Because there's a lot of lonely people. Who are yeah. yeah. Well, what what advice do you have for people or um, 
especially musicians, because for the people that musicians, like a lot of people who make a living out there doing what, you know, and, and everything stopped out of their control. What advice do you have to help people reconnect with uh, what their purpose is once the salt passes versus giving it up? I, I would advise just stay doing something musically, even if you got to put yourself online. Hopefully, I, I didn't know that Facebook stopped folks doing that. Can you still play online and do a little show if you want to? Just go online and do a live thing. I'm hoping that doesn't stop because that keeps people at least out there mm-hmm. in front of some kind of audience performing. Um, right. I was able to do that during the pandemic. I call it the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I like Damn that. the pandemic. I've been saying it so much. That's, that's what's coming out of my mouth. Pandemic. So I've been able to do that. People have been hiring me to perform uh, online for their online productions. They'll hire me to, to sing one or two songs and I'll record myself, send it to them and then they'll air it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that keeps me out there. It's not me traveling all over the world, but it does keep me out there. As long as you're performing in front of somebody, I would say just do it. Don't stop singing. Don't stop writing. Stay hopeful because mm-hmm. music is going to be the thing that, that heals us. and bring, Music brings people together. And I think when we do start to get back together, it'll be the music that does it. You know, Right, right. Everything's yeah. going to be all right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, just for people that are tuning and watching this, we were planning on showcasing a couple of the songs, but we just found yeah. out from podcasts that uh, Facebook has a whole bunch of new rules. So you might want to tune into their show um, on mm-hmm. Monday night because they are going to have an entertainment attorney on talking about these new rules that Facebook has okay. with uh, not playing music, um, which I, I told him, I said, this is her music. Why can't we play it? And right. apparently Facebook. Um, is could I sing? Could I, could I sing? Yeah, sing yeah. Yes, you can sing. Yeah. Yes. Hold up. Let me see what I can do. I'm not sure. There we go. See, Facebook, we'll find a way. There's always a way. (laughs) (laughs) Let me see. Let me see. I'm I'm not sure. We're getting a live performance here. Yeah. I was going to suggest that a few minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to see if I can just set me free. Yeah. Don't set me free. Okay. Hopefully you're able to hear. Oh my look, got hold up. Let me let me stop all of this. In the meantime, while she's getting ready for her, oh, I think she's ready. I think she's ready. You guys you want to say something? I just want to say that uh, uh, Thornetta Davis, all her music, you can find it on all social media sites. Make sure you follow her because uh, as soon as these live shows can start up again, you yeah. will not want to miss. And you can check her out on Hyped Up. It's an incredible you can, production. You, 
You can check her out on Hyped yes. Up Live session. That's right. And yeah. Spotify and all of it. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Set me free. Yeah. Please come down and set me free. And set me free. Sitting here, waiting for the world to come to me. I know I got what it takes, but the fear won't set me free. Been living this way for too long. Need your help to make me strong. A lot of chains that's binding me. Oh, please come down. Set me what it takes to make everything all right i feel like time is running out i want to scream and shout i need to be who i'm supposed to be oh please come down set me free please 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 set me free i want to be a part of your greater plan So I throw away my pride, I look deep inside, and now I'm down on my knees, whoa! Yeah. I on the has been able to set their own their feeling of angst free today after listening yeah. to 
Yeah, yeah, no yeah, shit. Hey, let's, okay. let's before we have to well, go, the oh, fortune Yep. Go ahead. Okay. Hold on, real quick. All, All right, right, Thornetta, your social media sites. Do they just look up Thornetta Davis and that's yeah, just look me up. I'm on Facebook right? all the time, Instagram all the time. I'm on uh, what else? Okay. Uh, Spotify. Everything you send a message to, you're sending it directly to me. I don't have like that social media. Oh, channel. okay. It's just me. <laughs> okay. All right. You. Okay, great. Yeah. And um, if if do you uh, mail hard copies of CDs? Like if somebody wants to buy that, because to me, your yes, your I stuff's collectible. You can get them through Amazon.com. Yep. You can get them through Amazon.com. Oh, okay, Amazon.com. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, listen, this the the set me free. I have an idea. I think you should do a journal. Yeah. With on, that song, uh, using those lyrics. Uh-huh. I think you got to create a journal, a set me free journal to sell with that song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jackie yeah. And her Jackie's always, she's always thinking, always, always. So what do you mean always. by that? Like, I just think it should be a journal. Like, that that song down. should be a journal. The lyrics throughout where people can write how they want to be set free. Set free. Like, yeah. like how you oh, wow. your song came you were praying that mm-hmm. because of the things yeah. that you were trying to be, you know, trying to get set free. There's a lot of people right now that yeah. could use a journal like that, have those lyrics where they can just write the stuff that they're asking uh to be yeah. set free from. Wow. Yeah. I think about like that. I think you should, Jackie, I think you need to give her a call after the show and talk about this. That's yeah. a good idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. Set <laughs> me free journal. Why not? That's perfect yeah. right now. I'm Very good. Okay. Anyway, sorry, Gina. Thornetta, okay. thank you so much. We have thank to you. Wrap thank this you. Thank you. Thank you. We do. And let me tell you, our fortune goes perfect with being set free because it says you'll be traveling and coming into a fortune when you are set free. Woo! Are you serious? Does it really say that? It does. Well, the set free part I added to it, but okay. the first part, we got to claim it. You, you got to put that on the screen again. Let it, let it sit there for a minute. Put it up there real, real close. close. The first yeah, part was correct, and I added the second part. <laughs> you be traveling to a fortune. That's okay. good. That's good. That's good. That yeah. is really good. Traveling and coming into I know, Jackie, that's why I was so excited to share it. I know. I've been saying that all week. I said I can't wait to get back with the full band, and we go we travel and, and share our message of love yes. and hope. Yes, that's yes. what I want to do. That's well, what we, we need. Can't, we can't wait. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing what you do. Because Thank you, um, thank you so much. You're making a big impact on, on a lot of us who don't have that kind of talent. But you you um, communicate the message for us yes. through your music. Thank we you thank so you for much, that. Ladies. And you know, thank it's, it's you. the woman's power. You guys are doing a great thing here. You know, uh-huh. every week, uh, me and, and a group of lady singers all get together and we Zoom. And it, it could be anywhere from five to 15 of us, but we're all like queens in our own singing towns, you know. But we get together mm-hmm. and we talk awesome. out things. Just getting together like you guys doing right now is such a great thing. Thank you for all this love and this female uh-huh. spirit. And, and I believe it's the woman that's going to raise up. All of this hate. We're gonna, true. We're gonna lift the true. Of yes. There, you, gonna go. Up, there you go. There you go. We're gonna get up and dance our blues away. 
That's right. Thank you, Dorinetta. Thank you so much. I love my song, Sister Friends Indeed. Thank you. You are now some of my sister friends indeed. Yes. Love. (laughs) And you guys, next week, I will see you guys down in Detroit. Yeah, um, we'll be feet apart. 200th episode. 200 amazing yes. interviews were booked the rest of the year. With, uh, you know, gifted people or people that have discovered their gifts and are using them, just like Miss Davis here. So thank you again, thank Thornetta. You. We can't wait to come out and see you live because there's nothing like a Thornetta Davis experience. Nothing like nothing it. Like it. Nothing like it. I thank cannot you. wait to see you and the band. Um, and ladies, I'll see you guys next week. Nora, wrap us up. Here. All right. Sometimes the only mode of transportation available, Jackie, is a leap of faith. Hey. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. <laughs> and happy hump day. Happy hump day. Happy <laughs> <Yes>. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you next week. Peace. Bye. <laughs>